So I've been following Jesus for some time now. Ah, 12 or 15 months, maybe, like, that's if I can think back to when I met him. And, and we've had a lot of these people before, like these rescuers, these, these messiahs is what we call them. They were people that said they were going to rescue us from the Romans. And they came with a sword sometimes and sometimes with big words about how they were going to help us get out from underneath the Roman Empire. But each one of these is dead. And so when my buddy said, hey, come hear this, this rescuer, this Messiah, I, I said, I don't know, but I'll, I'll come and hear. And I, I listened, and I, I cannot tell you what it was like to hear words from his mouth. To, like, he, he would say things that the kingdom of heaven was like, and you actually believed that he had been in the kingdom of heaven before he was sharing with us. He'd say things like, there's this mustard seed, and it's the smallest of all your seeds, but when planted and when it grows, it becomes the largest of all garden plants. And for some reason, his words meant more. He would say things like that. He, the miracles, like, the things he did, guys, like there was this guy who was blind and he, he wanted to see and Jesus spit in the dirt and made mud and put it on. It was awkward, okay? Like it was like, dude, you don't spit and put mud on people's eyes. But he gathered this mud and slathered it across this blind man's eyes. And then he told the guy to go wash in the pool of Siloam, which was a specific pool. And when that guy washed the Jesus spit off his eyes, he could see. There was this wedding where, like, they had not planned right, and they were dry. Like, there was no wine left. And Jesus takes water, fills some big stone jars, and turns it into a partay. Like, it becomes this incredible feast. There was, a, there was a dead girl. Like, she was not dead yet, but Jesus was on the way to her house, and he gets there, and she's already gone. And Jesus just takes the parents by the hand and goes upstairs to this little girl's room, and he says, little girl, get up. This girl got up. We, we couldn't believe the things we saw. I wish you could have been around him. But that's what makes the next chapter really hard. You see, some of our people were really threatened by him. They didn't love the things he said like we loved the things he said. And they... And they worked from the inside and they got one of his followers to trap him. And, and they made a sham trial and had these people lie about what he'd done. And, and that was Friday. And they took his life. And so now, like, I didn't know what to think. I thought he was the one, you see? He was the one. 
Saturday came, and Saturday was terrible. It was the worst Saturday. And I just knew I had to get out of Jerusalem. You see, I, I came to Jerusalem because of Jesus. That's the only reason I was milling around this town. And so I left. I took a buddy with me. And we just had to go home. I live in Emmaus, which is a town seven or eight miles away from Jerusalem. And so we started this walk home. That's when this guy joins our journey. I don't recognize him. He starts walking along and he sees that this is happening, that we're sad, that, that things are bad. And he has the nerve, he has the audacity to say to me, like, what are you guys talking about? And I wanted to smack him. Like, I just wanted to say, what? Have you been living under a rock? Everyone is talking about these things. And he says, what things? The nerve. Okay, so I, I tell him, I said, Jesus, this guy was the one. We thought he was the one. And he was marvelous in words and deeds and miracles. And, and then some of our own people took him down. And now I, I told the guy, I, just, I don't know what. This guy says to me a really bold thing that I couldn't stand, but he just said, how foolish and slow of heart are both of you to not believe all the things that the prophets told you. I, I didn't like him for saying that, but it was also what I needed to hear. And he went on and he said, all of this, it was supposed to happen. And our journey to Emmaus changed in that moment. Something was different. Because he took our Bibles and opened to page one and began to tell story after story after story of how this was God's plan. I couldn't believe it. I, he knew everything, it seemed. It all made sense as he spoke. And as we walked together, the three of us, we got to Emmaus. And he had to go further. But I grabbed him, like in a strong to quite strong grab. And I grabbed his forearm and I said, no, we need you to stay with us tonight. You have, you have changed our hearts. You have encouraged us. Let us thank you. Please stay for, for a meal. He relented, and he came into my home. He sat here, and my buddy Cleopas sat there, and I sat down. It had been quite the ride the last 24 hours. And so we just wanted to thank him. He took this bread and he blessed it. And as he blessed it, he broke it. I looked at him. 
And that's when I recognized him. I looked at Cleopas. And then I looked back at the chair. And he wasn't there. Gone. Like Houdini. Vanished. Disappeared. I looked at Cleopas and said, Nothing. We have to go. And we packed our bags that hour and turned around and went back to Jerusalem. We had to tell people what we'd seen. Jesus. That's one of my favorite stories from the scriptures. And I couldn't help but tell it to you in that way and invite you into the table and bring you into this story. Because it's just that beautiful, right? It's just that magical. It's amazing. Jesus, we know later in this chapter of Luke 24, he disappears and he reappears, kids. <laughs> he reappears inside Jerusalem, eight miles away in a moment, and he's there, and now he's appearing to new disciples. And the two disciples from Emmaus walk back to Jerusalem, and they show up and say, we've seen Jesus. And they say, we know. He told us. And we just saw him too. And it becomes this incredible encounter for God's people where they get to realize that this baby's birth we celebrated just last week has grown into the man who's given his life. And as he's given his life, he's been raised to life. And it's the greatest thing ever. Now, uh, one of my favorite authors, Frederick Buechner, writes it this way uh, in a book called uh, secrets in the dark. He says, I believe that although the two disciples did not recognize Jesus on the road to Emmaus, Jesus recognized them, that he saw them as if they were the only two people in the world. I got a lot of questions about that story. Like, why didn't he just let them know who he was and why? And I think it has to do with this breaking of bread, which we'll be talking about more today. But there's this sense that in the breaking of bread is how we know who Jesus is fully. And for you in the room, whether you are a single person, whether you're a, a couple without kids or a, a couple with kids and make up a, a traditional family, he recognizes you as if you're the only person in the world. He sees you. No matter your age, he sees you. If you're single, if you're a, a mom or dad who's just lost their job, if you're one of our many teenagers who has a foster parent and is in, the, in, a, in a place where adults have failed you often, God sees you. He recognizes you. And he loves you. And so that's the invitation today. The invitation is to say yes to Jesus, recognize you and you and knowing you and trusting that he did all that he accomplished and it was for you. Jesus came to a table much like this one a little bit longer because there were 12 disciples at it. And he took the, the bread the Thursday before he died 
And he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, take this and eat. This is my body broken for you. He did the same thing with a cup of wine. He held it out and said, this is a cup of wine, but it represents my blood, which is poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Take and drink. And they did. They passed the bread around and they passed the drink around. And it was a moment of them saying yes to what Jesus had for them. I want to invite us to that table. Because Jesus said to do this often in remembrance of me. Do this. And this is just that, an invitation for you. To come to the table as a single person, to come to the table with your family, to end 2019 in a way that says, God, the past is the past and now is what I have to give to you and the future is yours. And I trust what you did on the cross. I'll give you a few uh, particulars about that here in just a moment. But we would love for you to do two things with the rest of our service time. One is to take communion and take it with someone. And if you're single and don't have someone to take it with, look up, look for someone. We would love to do that with you. If you're a family, come as a family and do it. Uh, What you'll do is take a piece of bread. The bread has vanished. (laughs) You'll take a piece of bread and you'll, uh, you'll just rip it off and you'll dip it in the juice. Just like so dip it in the juice and you'll eat it. I'll do mine right now just to show you. And then you'll pray. You can pray back at your seat. You can huddle right there and pray. You get to choose. But do this with us and consider it an invitation. Now, you may be wondering, like, but they're children. (laughs) But they're adults. (laughs) I don't have this all figured out. I do recognize Jesus as my savior. And that's what we would invite you to celebrate as you remember communion. With all of your intellectual integrity intact, permission to be where you are, but an invitation to come and be with the church family as we celebrate communion. The second thing you can do is on your chairs, there was a card and uh, I have a slide here that describes this prayer activity. And do this as a family. And it might be easy just to kind of lean in with your three or four in your family and it might be hard and if it's hard to do in your row go to a different part of the room or escape to the atrium which is kind of a big room and uh, and do these four things say to God God you are God you are smart God you are wise and then say God I'm sorry for and parents you could encourage your children to do this with you and model it for them and say God I'm sorry for my attitude yesterday God, thank you for, thank you, God, for anything. And then, God, would you please do something? What does it look like to ask God to do something for you or for someone else that you need done? God wants to do those things. So we're going to use the rest of our time to do communion. And it'll be messy. We haven't done communion with families in this room before, and that'll be tricky. So if you're kind of waiting for communion, do the prayer activity. And if you're waiting for the uh, prayer activity, do communion, you know, whatever it is. But just know that we want to invite you to be a part of this special experience with us. Uh, 
lastly, uh, my son, I asked him a couple weeks ago uh, if he had anything he wanted to share with adults and students and kids on this day. And he said, yeah. And I didn't know what it was. And so I asked him and then I wanted to be sure. So I asked him again a couple days later and he had, he had the same thing to say. And so I want to invite Robbie up right now. He's my five-year-old son, but come on up, Robbie. And then uh, we'll borrow a microphone here. Yeah, give Robbie a hand. Here's a microphone, Robbie. So uh, Robbie, tell, tell us what you wanted to share that uh, you thought God wanted you to share with adults today. When you sing a song, don't just sing the song. Know what you're saying. Put the words in your life and give them to others and know what they mean. Yeah. Thank you, Robbie. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. You can take that back to Miss Christina. Thank you. So from the mouth of babes, right? Now, I'd love to tell you that we hear encouraging words from Robbie all the time. <laughs> we do. He's a great encourager. But we think that we have a lot to learn from kids. The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, is what Jesus said. And so let's stand together and take these words to heart in these songs. And you get some freedom over the next 15 to 20 minutes to sing these songs to take communion to do this prayer activity uh, and if you would like prayer for any reason just slip your hand up in the air and your neighbor will pray for you or we will come pray for you and we would love to do that as well let me pray father thank you for this opportunity you are wise you are beyond us and so we just choose to take these simple words in these next few songs and direct them towards you we choose to take these simple elements, bread and juice, and have them be reflective of your sacrifice for us on the cross. In your name, Jesus. Amen.